really doing the damn thing. I've been saying since literally, I think May, since I graduated college, oh wow, such a long time ago, that I was gonna get my show up and going and up and started and really kick this off because I've been wanting to do this for so long and it's now, what's today's date? The 16th? September 16th and it's finally happening and I could not be any happier about it. So without further ado, this is Jappy Jaws presented by me, Lindsay Moreskin, my one and only sponsor for now. Emphasis on the for now. Well, this is a long time coming. I've always been involved in media and production and radio and all that shit since freaking high school even, but truly getting into it since my freshman year of college. And I've always wanted to do something like podcasting, but it just never happened. And I'm not sure why, considering this is what I do every day. And why not just talk to myself into a microphone and do it? The thing is, when I was doing it in school or on my free time doing like my extracurriculars, the thing was I was always scripted or I had to follow a certain protocol or do something and I never got to talk about what I freaking wanted to talk about and I want to talk about what I want to talk about and I know that sounds selfish of me because like I get rules whatever but rules are meant to be broken I'm just kidding but for real like I'm not even kidding I feel like I need the freedom to express myself express my opinions my beliefs my viewpoints and all that shit on a happy medium where I can control it and I can be in charge so that is what I'm doing okay but you might want to know who Lindsay Moraskin is Lindsay Moraskin is I. I am Lindsay Moraskin. We are one. Um, I'm from Long Island, New York. I am currently sitting in my parents' basement, unemployed. I cry every other day about it, but that's a different story. We'll get to there one day. But I'm sitting here finally recording my precious little baby Jappy Jaws. Now, I know some people may be wondering what the hell does that mean? Does it have to do with freaking Jaws the movie? Probably not. You're not thinking that. That's a stupid thing for me to say. However, it's kind of interesting how the name Jappy Jaws kind of came about. So, like I said, I've been, been trying to sit down and record since freaking May. I mean, I've always had it in the back of my mind that this was something that I wanted to do. However, I didn't know how to start it, how to introduce myself, which is weird because like I fucking talk to brick walls and make friends with them, but I didn't know how to go about it. So I was talking with my parents because like what else am I doing in quarantine? I'm just kidding. I FaceTime my friends, but like my parents and I were talking about it and I just kept going back and forth with names and I was like, I use so many different slang terms, but like other people use those slang terms. Like I don't want to be that basic. And so I was thinking, all right, whatever. And my mom just said one day, like point blank period. I think she was kind of pissed off at me. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, mom, what do you think I should name the podcast? And she goes, Jappy Jaws. And I was like, Jappy Jaws? She goes, yeah, you're a Jewish American princess that never stops talking and loves to spend my money. And I'm like, you know what, mom? You're fucking right. And I'm sorry, mom, that I spend your money a lot. I'm I'm really sorry. I'm gonna try and stop it. I will attest that 75% of the time I do tell you what I'm buying. Not 100%, but 75%. Don't worry. <laughs> She's gonna fucking kill me one day. I'm the Jap that doesn't stop fucking talking. I, since I freaking came out of the womb, I'm pretty sure I like have not stopped, but I tend to talk quite often. I don't ever really shut up. My mouth just likes to go, go, go. People are like, all right, Lindsay, it's time to cut it. And I'm like, all right, but like, I don't want to cut it. You know what? I'm going to keep jawing it up. And then the whole term of Jappy. Now you're probably wondering, what does that mean? In my book, Jappy is Jewish American princess. And like, I don't want to say that I'm completely 100% Jappy. Like I am a Jew. Yes. Do I like the finer things in life? Yes. Do I have a certain standard for things? And I like the nicer things. I do like a steel though. Freaking Maxinista. I will go there and shop till I fucking drop. I mean, like, I think the term Jappy has its standards. Like, I have my standards for men. I have my standards for my friends, my family, my coffee. Like, I just think Jappy is a different way of saying standards for me, I guess. I don't know. But I was like, wow, it's like my worlds are colliding and I'm creating something that just is me. And my whole thing, like I said before, I've never been able to just do something on my own with my own rules and my own shit where I could just talk about what I want to talk about. If I want to talk about freaking dating or guys or spray tans or my 
family or reality television or my fucking love language music that's right i fucking love me wow this chair is really i'm sorry i have adhd but this chair is really uncomfortable that i'm sitting on that's what i get for recording in my parents basement but music is my fucking language getting back on track see look i imagine the scene in inside out okay where it's like your train of thought goes off the path that's what just happened to me i want you all to picture that other than that this has been something that my friends have been begging me to do forever that my family has begged me to do and i'm gonna get a little raunchy i might ruin a few friendships along the way but you know what whatever gets the deed done because this is a dream and this is what dreams are made out of and you know what this is what i'm doing september 16th i did the damn thing the start of jappy jaws Perfectly fitting enough, my first topic I want to talk about today is the one and only thirst traps. We all know them, we all love them, and we all hate them, believe it or not. But they are so beyond present in our day-to-day lives, especially during quarantine, that people need to talk about them more. And especially for, in regards to, but like myself, aka normal people, I wouldn't necessarily call myself normal, but people like myself, as opposed to an influencer or a celebrity like Farrah Abraham from MTV, I I hate that I'm even using her as an example. Or some guy that was a contestant on The Bachelor of some kind, or even Love Island. It's a very different way of posting thirst traps. And I think it's an interesting ideology and an interesting way of processing the difference and the meaning behind both, okay? So we're gonna dive in a little bit. So a few weeks ago, I'm gonna start with the normal people first. I, I don't even know why I'm calling like myself a normal person because I'm nowhere near being normal. However, it's gonna roll. So a few weeks ago, a friend of mine actually posted a selfie of herself on her private story. She posted this and I was like, okay, this is something I could work with. And I really got myself thinking and writing my thoughts down about it. So she said, can boys start posting thirst traps so I can be a fuck girl and pretend like I'm interested in them? And I have never read something so accurate and something that I've never really heard of before that was so beyond thought provoking. I was like, what the fuck? She's so right. And I know people are probably going to come at me or say, well, what about when guys post their selfies at the gym of them working out? Like, okay, yeah, that's not like a thirst trap though, my guy. Literally, honestly, I hate when guys post when they're in the gym and they're like, ooh, grinding or back to work or somebody's got to do it. That's not going to make me want to slide up and be like, shit dude like what are you doing tonight you know what I'm saying I want something where like you're smiling with the boys or something like that and I feel like yes guys do do that but it's never anything good or it's just like oh lol like it rises a conversation somehow if you really want to be that risky and send that message but I feel like for a girl like when they're posting a thirst trap especially if it's by themselves they're looking for a response I do it I'm so beyond guilty of it I love it because guess what I'm an attention whore and I'll take whatever I can get however like when we're posting something like that we want that response and I don't understand why it's okay and it's right for guys to be like sheesh or damn or the drooling mouth emoji or being like what are you doing later let's meet up or some shit like why is it okay for guys to do that but if a girl would do that to a guy I mean I know a handful of guys that would respond in a polite I don't want to say polite maybe like a decent manner and be like oh shit she wants my dick but I also think that there comes a stigma of being like oh like I'm not posting a quote-unquote thirst trap. Like, bitch, I want to see your abs on the beach. I don't, it comes across as douchey sometimes, but try not to make yourself look like such a douche. I don't think it's that hard. And with weird faces, like, guys love, like, pursing their lips in pictures. And I'm just like, bro, like, that does not make me want to kiss you or, like, even touch you. Like, fucking smile or kind of do a relaxed face. You know, I also hate when guys do that fucking douchebag frat boy pose where they have their hands in front of them or they have a drink in their hand and they're, like, putting one finger up or they have 
their hands behind their back. That one's more of like a high school thing. But you know what I'm saying? Girls put so much effort into posting, like making sure their face looks good, that their body looks nice, that their butt's kind of sticking out just a little bit more, or their chest is out, or they're turning their arm a certain way. Like there's so much work that goes into it. And I just don't understand why it's such a big deal if a girl were to respond to a guy saying, damn baby, like what are you doing tonight? Or I feel like if a girl were to do that, like guys would just get way too cocky. And yes, girls get cocky when a guy does it for them. But at the same time, we're not going to be like, oh, what are you doing later tonight? Like we want that person to tell us why they slid up and we want them to ask. Like I think there's just like a weird stigma. Now, when it comes to celebrities and thirst traps, yes, normal people, quote unquote, know what they're doing. However, with a celebrity, they try to make this become their brand. Like I said before, Farrah Abraham is such a prime example. Her fucking daughter that she had on Teen Mom. I forget what year it was. I think I was in middle school. She thrives off the thirst. Literally, like Thirsty Thriver. That's what I'm going to call her. Thirsty Thriver, Farrah Abraham. That's a tongue twister. But she is all about posting her little nudies or her little like risque posts in lingerie and bikini pictures. And her daughter, like I said, takes them. Or if there's like a contestant on The Bachelor. I feel like a lot of The Bachelor guys, and I've also noticed this in recent seasons, love being personal trainers or The Bachelor loves picking personal trainers, which I'm not really quite sure why. I mean, great for them, but they love being like, oh, look at this, like sweaty on the beach and but I feel like they're looking because they know they're hot shit. And now that they already have a following, it's going to get them more attention in ways instead of like finding bitches. It's finding them jobs. So you're not only being thirsty for bitches because now you know you can get any bitch you want because A, you already have the clout from whatever following you have. But now B, you're getting more attention in the way where you're going to make money off of your body and off of the way you come across. Thirst traps are meant to connect people, okay? And I understand like business and whatever, but thirst traps shouldn't just be a about what that person looks like. I want someone to be thirsty for me because not only do I look hot, but because I know what I'm talking about. I want the reason that you're sliding up and hitting me up and responding to this thirst trap to be about what I posted and to see what else you can give me besides that stupid emoji. You know what I'm saying? Thirst traps are meant for a response and are meant for enjoyment. I don't know. I think thirst traps are a very funny thing. And yes, people, please keep doing them. I love it. I love hyping my friends up when they do it. And I love when my friends hype me up and I love getting the attention from men and I love getting attention from the random people that follow me and I want people to also realize that like thirst traps is all about what you're getting beyond that trap like yeah you could fuck someone or hook up with someone and whatever but the least you could do is truly get behind why you're sliding up and what you want to come from it but I need to talk about something because it's resurfacing. This was started in the very beginning of quarantine, the early months of this bubble we've been living in, and it's coming up again, and I just really need to talk about it. And it's the mirror freaking trend, the mirror thirst trap, if you will. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm sure if you go on any other basic bitches Instagram that this will be there. At some point during quarantine, so many girls were getting so bored that they decided to one day do themselves up, make them look cute, put a little makeup on, do their hair, dress kind of cutish, like casual cute. Sometimes even people like did the fancy, which all power to you if you want to take that nice thirst trap. But they physically brought like a full size mirror. Like just imagine those hang mirrors that you hung on the back of your dorm room door in college. And they would bring mirrors like that or probably like even fancier ones outside to just like pose with. Now don't get me wrong. Some people did look good. They looked high. However, I just don't understand the ideology behind trying that hard to get a good thirst trap picture for it to kind of look a little silly like I saw so many captions that were relatively the same or mocking that they were taking this picture and yes 
like I guess Instagram culture has kind of become something where it's like a mirror pic as opposed to a picture that someone else took for you isn't as acceptable as it was like say in 2012 when we were doing that and like the freaking hearts with our hands and the hearts in our hairs but I just I think it just causes so much more unnecessary like movement and and effort to really bring a mirror outside to take a picture yes you want the good lighting you want to look nice you all look hot regardless you do not need to bring a mirror outside I'm sorry that is just the straight up truth point blank period and I don't understand why girls felt the need that they needed to do that guys weren't doing it like no I'm pretty sure no guy I saw unless they were graduating was posting any picture on Instagram for the first like month and a half in quarantine probably nobody was but still like some girls I feel like were posting so many throwback pictures and whatever and thirst traps and what have you Instagram stories oh my god I miss when life was normal trust me I did too but I didn't need to go and take a mirror and go outside and take a picture of myself to get some likes like if I wanted to do I literally at one point during quarantine I put on my story like a video of me rolling my eyes saying does anybody want to play cup pong because I was just that bored and I wanted attention and I wanted to play cup pong I was freaking getting tired of scrolling through the same shit on Instagram that I was seeing and guess what I got responses to that thirst trap because a not only did I look kind of hot but it's something to respond to I had almost 10 different people swipe up with their numbers and be like yo let's play like that's the type of thirst trap energy I think we really need I think we kind of just need to be a little bit more direct with it if that makes sense but I think that when it comes to celebrities and their thirst traps it's a different thing like I said but I think for us quote-unquote normal people thirst traps are just like something that is meant to have fun with I think people end up just ignoring it but have all the fucking fun with it look what happened with me if you're getting someone's number to play cup pong that could lead into a different conversation you never know or if you're posting a thirst trap of being like oh just got on a good workout or some guy posting that they bought like a bench for them in their basement or their garage or and be like oh my god shit like where'd you get it that provokes conversation but that's the type of thirst trap that I want to reply to of a guy especially in quarantine like I think that makes more sense celebrities were just like shoving in their faces our faces of how their quarantine lifestyle was completely different but I did think to a point that their thirst traps yes they were elaborate still but it kind of humbled them a little bit to realize okay like life isn't so glamorous anymore now that we're bored in the house and we're in the house bored you know what i'm saying and that's where i'm at with thirst traps coming down from the whole thirst trap idea and how it plays into our lives and especially during quarantine and what comes from it and how it connects people i want to talk about what i think is a thirst trap sister actually no maybe a cousin yeah let's go with cousin and that is glow ups obviously we know what a glow up is we see people celebrities friends family do it constantly you see it on social media in person memes you're always seeing people glow up now whether that be emotionally mentally physically all of the above whatever you want to call it we're constantly seeing people do that and glow and I want to talk about my personal experience with a glow up and how it's kind of followed me along throughout the year since high school so to make a very 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 long sappy moving story short senior year of high school I graduated high school in 2016 four years ago and I was in a place then where physically mentally I just like wasn't great I gained a lot of weight I wasn't the pretty I shouldn't say that I wasn't like horrific looking at least I don't like to think that I was horrific looking, but I wasn't the hottest thing since sliced bread. I wasn't Megan Fox walking down the hall. But once I got to college, I kind of got into the groove of things. I found my niche. I kind of figured out my way and I changed my ways like a lot of people do post high school graduation. People do that post grad too, I've noticed. But I kind of figured out like, okay, like I want to better myself physically and mentally, but 
but I think the whole idea of if you look good, you feel good really came into play for me. So enough of that sappiness. So when I got to college, I lost a lot of weight, was really fixing myself mentally, and lo and behold, I became a lot hotter and kind of found this new groove for myself, and I was really loving who I was becoming, especially physically, because that's where I really started seeing that glow up, and I was like, holy shit, like, I've had this potential all along. Now, I'm sure a lot of people can compare and contrast their experiences and the people that they went to high school with. Now, for me, I went to a high school, I graduated with 550 people, my district was pretty big, we had two different high schools, so essentially I graduated with like a thousand something people, and for some reason, people in my high school didn't really grow up since high school. A lot of them, I mean, kudos to them, are still friends with who they were friends with, who they fucked with, and it's actually kind of funny because the quote-unquote popular group in my grade, for some reason in my school, it was a trend for each popular group to have a name for their group of friends, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, even looking at it now, I'm just like, holy shit, like, why do you feel like you need a name your clan for everyone to kind of just be like, oh, look, it's, let's call them the clan because honestly, I don't want to say what their name was because it was weird. So the clan would always kind of make it known that they had a certain corner in the hallway that they would all talk to in between classes before school started, whatever. They would take red solo cups and write their name in our tennis court fence. Like, I don't know. I just kind of felt that it was like, it's one thing to name a group chat, but to name your group of friends to really isolate yourselves and attempt to make some sort of hierarchy that like you're better than all these people, especially the guys because they kind of just thought they were walking macho mans down the hall thinking they were hot shit that every girl in school wanted them. When in actuality, like not really. But this group of people constantly, constantly would be together, kind of shove it in everyone else's faces that they were the leaders of the pack, if you will. Obviously, when people leave high school, you're still following people from your graduating class or whatever, even people younger and older than you. And I noticed that not a lot of them changed. Some did get more attractive or kind of found their spot outside of high school and grown up a little bit, but not all of them. Like it's a very small amount. And I noticed, especially with the guys, that they kind of took more interest in the people like myself who glowed up from high school, like a lot more seriously after high school. Obviously I wasn't part of this clan. My mom hates that I talk about myself like this from high school, but whatever, it's true. Like I was a little bit of a weirdo. I <laughs> I was vice president of my drama. So no, I was no Megan Fox. I was a more Patina Miller. But I didn't have my head screwed on pretty straight. I was very immature. Liked weirder things and kind of just was like going with it. And I just really couldn't wait to get to college so I could really figure out my shit and not be so focused on shit that didn't matter. As soon as I started glowing up, I remember it was my freshman year. You could have saw between certain posts that I was posting of me from college that I was losing weight and I was getting a lot hotter. However, I remember it was this one picture and and those clan people who follow me all of a sudden started liking a lot of my stuff. And I was like, what the fuck? Then some of the girls were commenting, oh my God, like you look so good, blah, blah, blah. And some of the guys would like send me a DM, be like, sheesh, look at you or some shit like that. I was like, the fuck? Like you never talked to me then. You barely gave me the time of day to even like, whatever. Why, why are you doing that now? And I think it's just really funny. And I think as the years went on throughout my college career, it just kind of got more persistent of all these people like hitting me up. I remember if I was like on 
Tinder or Hinge or Bumble that they would super like me or be like, hey, what's up? You want to know something even more fucked up? Sometimes, mostly of like the older clan people that graduated before I did, like wouldn't even remember who I was. Like granted, yes, we went to a very big high school. It's hard to know everybody. But I mean, just to be like, oh, you went to our high school? And I was like, are you kidding? They're like, oh, do you know this person? I'm like, yes, I graduated with them. So I just thought that was fucked up and funny at the same time. Like, oh, so like you didn't bother to look at me then, but how about now? One of my favorite stories about one of those clan people, associates, whatever you want to call them, that happened to me is we were on Tinder and we had matched and he was DMing me and saying all the stuff. I guess I was like, oh, like how you've been? Like a lot of the time, like 85% of the time, I would swipe right or whatever on these people because I thought it was funny when we would match because I was like, hmm, interesting, another one of those that like me now because of the glow up. And don't get me wrong, this glow up really put some ego and cockiness in my brain that I'm forever thankful for because now I just say it how it is and I'm not afraid to do that. So this guy and I are messaging and I'm like trying to make a conversation, I guess. And he's like, well, we both know why we're here. And I was like, huh? I was like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. And he's like, what are the days like by you? Like, should we do something with this? Like, it's pretty slow by me. And I just like didn't even acknowledge it. I like, called one of my best friends. I was like, yo, blah, blah, blah. Just hit me up on Tinder and said this. Can you believe it? And like, we all started laughing because it was one of those like major douchebag guys. And I was just like, this is just so comical. Like when someone glows up, it's like, oh, because I was this hot piece of shit in high school and I thought I was macho man and I still have that ego in my head that even though back then I didn't really want to fuck with you, but now like I see you, you're looking good. Like, let me get a piece of that. Come on, dude, why would I give that to you when you still have that mentality you had four years ago? Like, I just don't understand that way of thinking. And it kind of brings me into hit up culture. Like so many of these guys or hit up culture is so interesting to me because it's like you post one thing or you're on a dating app or you're with certain people and they think that because they saw you they have the right to just kind of be like oh hey I saw you like what are you doing there that they kind of have this entitlement that they can have you because they thought that you kind of wanted them then and now that you look good they want you and they think because you wanted them that you want them again does that make sense like I think it's such a circle of things like it's just so interesting that they're like holy shit damn have you seen Lindsay like what the fuck where did that come from and then all of a sudden because they have that ego from way back when still even people from college like from freshman year early on were like holy shit like what the fuck where did that come from and it's just so funny because now that they kind of knew you then or you match with them on an app or you see them out somewhere that they kind of have this authority in a way well they think they have it that they can be like oh what's up and like you're gonna give them the time of day like hell fucking no like if I want to be with you or want to like even entertain something with you I want it to be because not only like yes I glowed up and I look better okay whatever woohoo but I want you to be like so like what are you like what's your deal like what's your vibe I know that kind of sounds cheesy and I'm kind of mad that I said it like that but you know what I'm saying I think it's something why do you deserve to have my attention now like I want you to prove it if you really want to fuck with me now because clearly you didn't back then and I think for me especially like obviously people will take the attention I usually do like I said so many other times I am an attention whore and I love it trust me I love when this shit happens to me like oh shit I know I looked good then but I don't have the time for you sorry bye next but I just for me if I'm gonna even try and consider anything with you I want to know why like keep me interested keep me entertained keep me engaged with you don't hit me up because it's like oh shit what the fuck make a conversation make yourself look more approachable to me and that you don't have that ego in the back of your mind and I think this happens with a lot of my friends too like especially with people that they used to fuck with with like past things and exes and I think this also happens a lot with people on dating apps like say if you see someone that 
that you match with. And I think this happens a lot more in colleges, not so much like you're on a nice little Long Island where going back to thirst traps, like you're posting something or you're talking to that person. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, like what's, what are you doing tonight? Like, what's the move? Like what's going on? You know what I'm saying? And I think it's interesting because, oh, like you glowed up from when you were either with that person or from when you used to talk to that person, whatever you want to call it. But it's like, holy shit, like did I really miss out on all of that? And glow ups and hit up culture, I think it's just something where people don't know the boundaries with it. Like know what your place is when it comes to talking to someone that has glown up. And I think that's important for everyone to understand because you shouldn't have to settle for something that's like, oh shit, it's okay, they're nice now. Like they wanna give me the attention now. Yes, I love the attention, but keep it just at the attention. Don't engage with the attention more than you already need to. And that comes with a lot of change in yourself and how you evolve when you're glowing up because when you glow up physically, yeah, you're gonna glow up mentally. I'm a cocky motherfucker now. I used to have like such a shot confidence. I mean, yeah, like we all have our moments, but because of this change I made and this glow up I had, it was something that really put me in place when it comes to a situation like this. And I think that is important to remember. With that in mind, also think of what Meg the Stallion says in Girls in the Hood when she goes, check my throwback pics. I've been that bitch. Keep that in mind when you're making this change, when you're glowing up, don't settle. Like, yes, I know I was talking about thirst traps, like, keep doing it, like, take the attention, but just take the attention, like I said. Unless you're really trying to pursue it, make them work for it. And with that comes change, because it's going to change your mindset. And that's kind of what I want to talk about next. And I get that some of what I said could sound contradicting to the whole thirst traps thing, but get this. Those are two different things. When you're posting a thirst trap, that's because you want that attention or you want that certain someone to swipe up. Like you can choose to ignore that and you could do that with a glow up, but you have to understand why people are hitting you up and doing that because of this. They are two very different things that continue to change. And if you're able to tell the difference between someone replying to a thirst trap and engaging in you with a thirst trap, as opposed to when someone's hitting you up because you glowed up or because you're doing better, you look better, whatever, then you'll be able to justify where you want to put your attention towards. And with that comes change because it's going to change your mindset. And that's kind of what I want to talk about next. However, I'm going to take it on a different realm, but you know, you have to make that change to continue to be that bitch. A major topic that I want to talk about that's going to get all over the place, and I apologize in advance, is change. Now, I will have you all know, I don't like change. I don't like it one bit. I get very anxious and very upset and I like things a certain way. I'm very simplistic in some areas, which I know is surprising for a Jap. Do I like newer things like materialistic shit? Hell fucking yeah. But change in certain aspects of my life and what I use and all that, I don't like. So last night I was having a conversation with someone about the new iOS update and I know it was announced like however long ago and I know a lot of people that I don't know how some people get that update like way in advance before it actually comes out like I guess they're the test dummies and they like offer themselves to be whatever but I used to like never update my phone and I never liked any of the new updates I hated updating apps like I just think I I didn't like the change and I didn't like the look but eventually with time like if my phone was starting to crap out or something was not working 
working as well as it should have been, I was like, okay, fuck it, I'll download it and update it. And I would eventually come to terms with liking it or just get really used to it. But I don't like how these home screens have become such a big deal. Like people are literally spending two hours to customize widgets for it to be aesthetically pleasing. And at the end of the day, I understand it's like your phone, your enjoyment, but you're the only person looking at it. And like, yes, it's fine, but you're not just gonna sit there on your phone all day and look at a home screen and just swipe back and forth being like, oh my God, the widget for Instagram looks so pretty. Oh my God, I'm gonna make a penis be the icon for Tinder. Like, no, it's, I just, I, it looks nice. Yes, if you have the time and the patience to go on Pinterest and find that aesthetic and find those widget shits to put with each app one by one in a picture and whatever you wanna put together, kudos to you. Like, you have the patience of a pea and that patience I don't have. And you might like change. Like, why do we have to get all crazy with an update? What does that make better about the phone aside from the it looking nicer? Because at the end of the day, like nobody else is on your phone, like I said. So unless you are just like passing your phone around one by one, even when you're showing it off, you're just gonna be like, oh my God, look what I did. Oh, wow, that's so cool. Two seconds later, you get your phone back. I personally would take more time into, uh, I don't know, learning how to do a handstand. I've been saying I wanna do, I don't have two hours to sit on my phone, hurt my eyeballs and just look at different aesthetics because knowing me and my indecisive ways, I'm gonna wanna change it all the time. And I know I said I don't like change, but like this big of a change of an update, I don't like it. And I think it's it, it freaks me out. And I know it sounds dramatic, but I, I just can't deal with it. And I get that's a lot to handle and what have you, but it's just, it doesn't do anything for me like anything else would. I don't like change so much that I haven't changed two of my backgrounds in years. I literally cannot tell you the last time I had a different background than the one that I have now. That's how much I don't like that type of change. However, here's a change that I do like. I like change in musicians. Not necessarily like changing up who I'm listening to because I think that just comes along with listening to music and being devoted to finding new artists and musicians, but I like when artists change their sound. And even if it's good or if it's bad, I still like it because I like seeing musicians challenge themselves. And yes, if you're a devoted fan, it could go one of two ways. Either you're gonna be like, why the fuck did you change the sound that you have done for X amount of time? This is how we've always liked it. Or you're growing with that artist. And I think it really helps artists be more in touch with their fans because they know what they like and they don't like. For instance, I think someone that has changed so drastically, how do you say that? Drastically? drastically sorry I'm stupid is Justin Bieber Justin Bieber just came out with his new song featuring Chance the Rapper Holy which honestly kind of brings me back to the time when I was a diehard Justin Bieber fan fun fact I went to the Believe tour I went to the concert one time right and I didn't have bad seats but like it wasn't on the floor it wasn't like section 100 it was like kind of higher up but I could see him perfectly and at the time I was in ninth grade I think I had a boyfriend and I was a little nervous <laughs> I was a little nervous to sing along to One Less Lonely Girl because I was afraid that he would beg me <laughs> to be his One Less Lonely Girl. I wasn't on the floor. No shot was he coming or one of the members of his team coming up to section 247 or some shit to find me, of all people, little old Lindsay from Long Island, to be Justin Bieber's One Less Lonely Girl. Okay? No. And also, he was dating Selena at the time and I was like, oh my god, like I would feel bad. Justin Bieber was not going to fall in love with you. Anywho, Justin Bieber's sound from One time 
time to holy has gone through waves, okay? Like, I think everyone just has that soft spot for one time and baby and he became more into his own groove and started finding more of his sound, kind of becoming one of his own and then fell off the deep end. But his sound has always kind of staggered. Like, he has gone very R&B, very kind of hip hop honestly. He started off as like a pop sensation. He was about to be the new king of pop. Now with Holy, it brings us back to that time of like original Justin Bieber, but with more of a realistic twist on it, especially with that music video. That music video was moving on its own. But I think this change for him, especially since marrying Haley and kind of coming back into the spotlight, he's a different person. And obviously everybody has their own opinions about him. I have my own opinion, whatever. But I think this change really makes you understand and respect an artist 10 times more for their craft and how much effort and work goes into what they do than anything else. Like Justin Bieber, as much as people want to hate him, like you also have to respect him because tries and pushes and tests the limits beyond belief. Like when freaking Yummy came out, I was like, fuck this. I did not want this. Like, yeah, you got that yummy, yummy. And then all of a sudden you're just like, yeah, you got that yummy. It's in your head. It's a radio hit. Everybody loves a radio hit. And it slowly became not my jam, but I enjoyed listening to it. That's what you have to respect about artists and the change that they go through and what it means to them. And I also like that he was honest that it was basically about his sex life and that it was the way Haley makes him feel. He used to be more so like, oh no, I'm a shy boy. Like, no, you're not. We all know you're a fucking freak, okay? There's a song Maria for a reason. Now, another change. I wasn't a fan of this at all. However, it was, I don't even want to say it was commendable, but I think it was something to talk about. And this isn't more towards musicians. This is more towards athletes. I'm a very big New England Patriots fan. And yes, I know I'm from New York. I shouldn't be. However, I am, okay? And when Tom Brady made the decision to leave New England and become a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, it was not smart in the sports realm. However, how long have people been talking about it? When did he make that decision? Think about it. And obviously, we're in the football season now. But that change, nobody will not stop talking about that for a very, very long time. His whole career was based off of New England. And people are going to keep talking about that and what he's done with both organizations and comparing him with both organizations and both coaches that it's almost like it was more of a publicity thing rather than a game thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's going to fight me on that. I don't really care. You have to think of it in the eyes of who's representing Tom Brady and like his decision in making that because it's like, okay, like I want to keep the attention. I'm one of the older players in the league and I want to do something exciting before my time is done. So I'm going to make this change. And people don't like change. I was one of those people. I was pissed off. I cried for a week. That's a little extreme. Maybe I cried for like 20 two hours. I was almost about to say 24, but that was even more dramatic. Nobody likes change. Nobody likes to feel that way. But guess what? It keeps fans and people interested in what you're doing. And not only with musicians like Justin Bieber and athletes like Tom Brady and freaking iOS 14, nobody is going to like what they're doing in its entirety. But guess what? People are going to fucking talk about it. And that's the scary thing about change, because no matter what happens, there's going to be some sort of outcome and conversation that comes with it. And I think people need to understand that a bit more. Whew, that was a lot, wasn't it? How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? 
Not that what we were talking about was detrimental or beyond serious. It was my version of serious and dramatic and my personal opinions and experiences on what I think about those things. But I felt like I needed to incorporate more of my name and my brand into this episode. So we're going to talk about something called Jewish geography. Now, if you're Jewish, you obviously know what Jewish geography means. I feel like it's a very common thing that people do actually know what it means. That was a mouthful. But it's something that many Jewish people love to talk about and love to use all the time. And for anyone else, like obviously Jewish geography really also is the whole concept of it's really a small world. But for us Japs or regular people, Jewish geography is like a game. And when you're playing, it's like not so much that there's a winner, but that you continue to find the pattern of people that you know. And obviously, like I said, it doesn't matter if you're Jewish or not. But I feel as if every conversation I've had where I'm playing Jewish geography, it's a competition of getting to know more people, see if they know this person, etc, etc. So, and honestly, this might sound dramatic. I guess that's also something about me is that when you're playing (laughs) Jewish geography, I feel like this is very prominent in college and postgrad. When you're talking to someone, seeing if they know a certain person, you're aiming for like that comfort or like, oh my God, that relief that they know someone. And not so much of the relief feeling where it's like, oh, phew, you know that person or like, oh my God, I don't sound stupid by asking a billion one questions like, oh, where was your mother's sister's husband's brother's second wife from? You know what I'm saying? Like, I know it kind of sounds silly, but it really does help and connect people. And I feel like now, especially with social media, it's become a lot easier to track down those people. Like I always see those moms on Facebook that'll have their other friends comment and be like, oh my gosh, Susan, how do you know Meredith? Oh my God. And then you start that conversation and then it ripples into another and another and another. But I feel like in college, especially like if you're going through, say like a recruitment of some sort or you're joining a club or you're making friends like, oh, you're from this town. Do you know so-and-so? Like it makes it so much easier for people to communicate and talk and get to know people because it makes you more comfortable. And something that I found so interesting and my sister actually kind of helped me with this. My sister's 16. So like she's very about TikTok. She loves social media. She figures out how people know each other in an instant. I mean, I can too, but she's like a freaking magician or some shit. But with TikTok, she always like finds these Jewish related TikToks. I don't know why. And it's not like a rabbi or a cantor singing or someone talking about a biblical story. It's about like the funny jappy shit. And I feel like it's become such a trend on TikTok, this whole jappy idea and how people like to view themselves. But my sister literally was telling me, she was like, Lindsay, you don't realize like these people or like these girls, these guys making these certain TikToks are adding people that they know from camp, from school, family, friends, whatever. Somehow you figure out, even if it's on your For You page, you know that person. And it all comes circling back and you're like, what the hell? Like how did like this, like how do they know that person? And somehow they'll know another person that's famous or it's just like it's so mind-boggling to me sometimes how it all comes full circle. A lot of my friends usually Jewish and non-Jewish love to make fun of me when I talk to new people or I'm trying to like mingle with other people and get myself situated in a situation. I'm like oh like blah 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 where are you from and then I'm like oh my god do you know this person? Like literally a few weeks ago my friends came over my one friend brought his friend from school. Turns out we went to elementary school together. He's still friends with certain friends of mine and boom friendship established. But the key with Jewish geography is 
this. You cannot be shy about it. And clearly I wasn't in that scenario. Like I have no shame. I have all the balls in the world to go up to someone and be like, oh, like, hi, what's up? How are you? What's your name? Oh, where are you from? That sounds so, you look so familiar. Why do, why do you look familiar? What, what's your name? And I constantly do it and people are like, oh my God, Lindsay. It's like when people on medium shows or whatever, or like the kids or siblings or relative of some sort is with their person that reads people and they're like, oh my God, I'm embarrassed. That's how my friends feel when I'm constantly asking people where they're from. And I get it. People are like, okay, Lindsay, like don't scare these people. But guess what? Somehow, because I break that ice and I like to play my game, regardless if they're Jewish or not, it works and I make friends. And I think that's something that everybody needs to incorporate in their life. Whether you're Jewish or not Jewish, you need to break that ice. If you're in a situation, and especially for those people in college, freshmen, it's a weird time for everyone. Obviously, more so for freshmen because this isn't how your college career is supposed to start, obviously. But if you are gonna be away at school or you need to know when you're in certain classes, even if you're in a Zoom class, like I would be that person to message someone and be like, hey, are you so-and-so's friend or you look super familiar or look up that person on Instagram. Like, don't be afraid to break that ice. When I'm playing this game and I'm looking for that happy medium or trying to find something, it leads to other conversation. Like, oh, you knew Susie Applesmith? Well, guess what? Do you remember when she used to play the guitar? Oh my God, yes. Do you know where she she used to play with my friend? It creates such a ripple effect of different things and we need to emphasize it more. We need to emphasize it more as people of breaking the ice. Like, yes, it's Jewish geography. Yes, it's a small world, but how are you going to find out if it's that small or if this person knows another person or become friends with that person? This also has to do with shooting your shot. I've done it. Like, oh my God, wait. Like that little flirty banter. Guess what? It's really flirty Jewish geography. Don't be afraid to do it. Just go out on a whim and be like, oh, what's going on? Like, hey, where are you from? And go with the flow because that's what's going to happen. And it's going to help you in more ways than you would think of. So the last thing I wanted to talk about, and I want to continue this as a trend for all the upcoming episodes I will have in the future is a little thing I like to call a post-grad doozy. Now, obviously I only graduated in May, but I've technically been living at home since middle end of March because of this pandemic. So I've kind of gotten that taste of post-grad life since then, considering I didn't have a graduation. I didn't have um, a little send off. I did have spring break and I'm going to talk about that on another episode, but I kind of been, I guess, eased into the post-grad depression. The post-grad doozy is what I want to call it. And through this doozy of mine, I've made plenty of realizations and thought about different things and how life's going to be and what I want life to be like and navigating it all, being a 21-year-old girl, unemployed, living at home, recording a podcast in her parents' basement, and yeah. So one of the major things that I think everyone in college experiences once they move home, when they graduate, if they're not already moved out by then, is the taste of freedom. It's slowly, slowly, slowly gets stripped away from you. And honestly, like it was kind of nice in the beginning of this pandemic because I was really forced to stay home and not go anywhere. But I think that once you're at school and you're away for four years, you become accustomed to that lifestyle and that way of life and doing whatever the fuck you want to do at whatever time, wherever, with whoever, being able to just go to random people's houses, having random people come to your house, doing things that you normally wouldn't do at home or you'd be too scared I guess in a way to do because like you could be terrified of like who you're living with your family your parents whoever and I guess like when you're home on breaks like when you're home on winter break it's a little easier because your parents are like more easygoing with seeing friends because you only have a certain amount of time you're only home for like a month a little less than that or if you're home for Thanksgiving a fall break if you come home for spring
spring break. Summers, it's what, three months and you're mostly either at home, just chilling, kind of relaxing from that break of school. And everyone's, it's a known thing. Everybody's better in the summer. But I've noticed since graduating and moving back home that my freedom doesn't exist. Granted, my parents are very good with letting me do things and going out. But like any other Jewish mother, my dad goes to bed at a ridiculous time. My dad goes to bed, we call him a pumpkin at like seven o'clock at night and wakes up at like two o'clock to go to work. He's a superpower man person. I don't know how he does it, but he just is asleep. Like it doesn't like face him whatsoever. My mom is a nervous Nelly. She is constantly asking me where I am. It's not a matter of if she really cares. I mean, obviously she cares, but she has to know, can, oh, do you mind coming home at this time? Like I just have to wake up super early and I just can't fall asleep till you get home. Oh, what are you doing? Like being up my asshole about what I'm doing. And I get it. It's because she cares. I Oh, okay, whatever. I'm at an age where someone asking me that other than a roommate or a friend, because when someone would do that to me while I was away, it was kind of being like, oh, what are you doing? Or like, oh God, what are you doing? That type of tone. You know what I'm saying? Yet when you're at home with your parents, like you have to be more sly with things and they don't really understand how you work now because you're not used to living at home for less than like three and a half months. Like you're at school for nine. It's such a different dynamic. And I'm just like, uh, on eggshells and walking around very carefully, be like, oh, well, I kind of want to do that. And then it just comes a roller coaster of questions. And what the, are you doing? Who are you doing it with? What's going on? And it's just like, oh my God, just let me be free. Like, I, I will tell you what I want to tell you. You just gotta, I, I left the nest for four years and I, Yes, I'm coming back to it, but let me be a free bird. Let me use my wings to fly. And another thing that I noticed about what happens when you move back home, and this is going to sound really sad and sappy, but like your home and your room just kind of feels so unfamiliar and so not you. I just like updated my room. I hadn't updated it since like going into my senior year of high school. I had pillow pets. I had a shelf of stuffed animals. I had a completely different look to my room. Now it's more me, but it's kind of sad because you left that room four years ago to become that free bird. And then all of a sudden you come home and it's like, who's that bird? I'm a different bird now. Like, I also don't know what accent that was. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but a completely different dynamic because you've evolved in those four years. And yeah, you didn't really notice it when you were home for breaks in summer. But now you're just like, okay, I'm stuck here till I get a job and get enough money to move out so I can be that free bird once again. Like you're used to making your dorm, your apartment room, be a certain way, a vibe, working with your roommates. I know my roommate and I junior year got matching freaking beddings because we're like, ooh, we're gonna make it look so nice and clean and pretty. And don't get me wrong, it looked fucking beautiful. However, I don't share a room at home and I found my way of like, trying to express myself and have my safe place when I am here. And then especially once I come home for holidays or if I want to spend time with family when I do move out, like you really just need to find a way of making it all work. The whole freedom thing, I think as time goes on and my parents get more adjusted and I get more adjusted to living back here full time because it's so different than when it was four years ago. And that's, I think, something that's frustrating and confusing and sad. And I think a lot of people don't realize what it does to a person, a graduate, mentally, because it's just like, ah, uh, okay. And I mean, there's definitely parents that are more strict or a lot more lenient than mine and to each their own. But I think everyone just kind of goes through that phase because you're like, okay, wow, I'm not going back to school. And don't get me wrong, and this isn't shade at anyone because this is out of everybody's control, but I'm somewhat very happy that I'm not going back to school now because of everything going on because it's gonna be so different. I feel like freshman's college experience 
experience now is not going to be exactly how it was for me. And that's not saying like, oh, it's going to happen in the same pattern, whatever, but it's not going to be as free, I guess, because of all the restrictions with Corona and everything like that, which reminds me, please wear a mask, please stay safe. It's the least you could do. I get it. It's frustrating. Like hopefully we're nearing the end of it, but for now, just kind of keep the peace and just do your part, but be careful with it at the same time. But I know a lot of my friends that are older that graduated before I did, I got to not necessarily experience what they were feeling, but they would talk to me about it, be like, wow, it's so different. I don't necessarily love living with my parents. Like we're fighting a lot more because I want to do things. Or they're just like, I miss school. Like I wish I had your freedom that, that you did. I did. I wish I had that freedom again. It's a whirlwind of emotions that you feel. And I think from feeling that once I came home in March, I, it was out of my control. And I honestly was like in that mindset of like, oh, I think we're going to go back. Like maybe by the summer, it'll be okay. But I think it really hit me that like my freedom was gone and like nothing was the same was when summer hit. Cause it's like, okay, like now it's summer. Like I'm not in school normally. I don't have a job. I'm kind of just out on a whim doing whatever I can that I was just like, okay, like gotta be careful now. You're not that much of a free bird as you think you are, but that comes with due time. And I think that as post-grad life goes on and this coronavirus comes to an end, it'll be a very different thing at the end of it. And once I get used to it, I hope by that time I moved out. And that's no shade to my family. I love my family, but this free bird's gotta fly and spread her wings and continue to wreak havoc everywhere. But for now, I will be here. But that is all I have for you today. This has been so much fun. Uh, literally a dream come true. I've been doing this for, I could not tell you how long, and thinking about it, and I can't believe that I'm actually doing it, and for everybody to see. Please, please, please follow Jappy Jaws on Instagram. It is just J-A-P-P-Y-J-A-W-S, and if you want to, you can follow me at Lindsay Anya, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-Y-A-N-Y-A-A for all the latest and greatest on my kind of comical, weird life. And for more updates with the show, if you guys like this, please subscribe, get notified for whenever I post a new episode. I'm super excited to see where this goes. I have so much more planned and I would love feedback. So yeah, this is Jappy Jaws and I can't wait for you guys to hear what we have in store or what I have in store. There's no we, it's just I. <laughs> Thank you so, so, so much for listening thus far and I will see you guys next week. <laughs>